everyone. Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, not as always, uh, by Michelle Kaufman, our Miami basketball beat writer at the Herald, because it is March Madness time. For the first time in a really long time, we can say that uh, down here in South Florida. Uh, Miami men and women both ending, uh, what, it's three-year droughts at this point for both of them that are that are yeah, the men is for well men yeah the four, men haven't yeah. been since 2018 2018 yeah. um obviously it's it's been a long time since we've gotten to do this uh both teams uh going dancing in the miami is the 10 seed in the midwest region playing usc in the first round that is on friday uh at what is it 3 p.m 3 10 yeah 3 10 through tv yeah, second game there so uh but actually, earlier that day, it'll be the women uh, kicking off that to- the women's tournament uh, in the 8-9 game uh, in Columbia, Columbia. South Carolina. Uh, they're playing USF. The winner of that will likely get number one seed, South Carolina. We will obviously dive into previews of both of them. Um, but first of all, Michelle, uh, we'll, we'll start with the men. But, but first, I want to ask you, um, you know, it's... You were out there. At, we're recording this on Monday. I'll be up a couple of days later, but uh, you were down in Coral Gables on Sunday for Selection Sunday, which for the first time ever was a joint sort of men's, women's. They did the men, then a couple hours later, the women's show. Women used to always be on Monday, um, but really the first time in a long time Miami has been able to do something like that. This, um, what, what was kind of the vibe around campus? Was there a lot of lot of excitement about uh, what the last couple of years have been and where where we've gotten to? Uh, this season? Yeah. I mean, the students are on spring break this right. week. So, so the students, there weren't as many students as if it had been some other week, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was the first time, you know, I've covered both of these programs since 1996. Um, and uh, it's been the first time in a long time. First of all, yeah, the women always had their event on Monday. They had them together with the men today. It's, it's, they're calling the whole, the NCAA in an effort to really you know, make it more equal after everything that happened last year and all the complaints. It's now the whole thing is called March Madness. They're not like calling it the women's tournament or whatever. They're calling the whole thing March Madness. They had both selections on Selection Sunday. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was fun. There were, you know, a couple hundred people there, the real diehard supporters, the Hurricane Club people, uh, you know, the cheerleaders were there and and some, you know, band people and whatever. Uh, there was, you know, media showed up and they had a little dinner. Um, so they had the men's team first and then, you know, they all went crazy and got to see their thing between six and eight. And the players did interviews and coach L spoke to the crowd. And then, um, at eight o'clock started the women's. So it went on from six to 10. It was like a four hour UM basketball celebration, which really, it has been a long time. Both of these programs have had anything to celebrate. And um, so, you know, it was, it was nice to see, I mean, coach L was just out of his mind and Katie was too. Katie almost didn't make it. Her plane got stuck. She was recruiting and she was supposed to come out of Newark and the flight was delayed. It ended up being diverted to Fort Myers. Then they sent a car and the car sped across the state of Florida and got her there in time. Um, But she was saying that, you know, their run that they had in the women's tournament ACC Mm -hmm. has already paid dividends on the recruiting trail that the players she went to recruit the minute she walked in the door, they all wanted to talk about their ACC run. They had all seen it. So, you know, for both of these programs, making the postseason, having a good run in the ACC tournament for both of them, 
um, you know, it really is, is going to pay dividends going forward too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there tends to be more, obviously there's more scrutiny on kind of the men's coaches, but you have to, you know, just coach L getting them to the tournament this year and uh, getting the contract extension that that goes a long way in recruiting where, you, you know, other schools were like, who knows it, you know, he's, he's getting older. They hadn't made the tournament in a long time off to, a, you know, they didn't start that well this year. You know, there were, there were uh, other college coaches out there being like, well, no, the negative Miami, recruiting. The, yeah, yeah the, I'm sure. Any, yeah. And he's, and, he's staved that off now by getting that extension, getting him back to the tournament. And obviously he's always recruited well. So got, got yeah, things I back think, on track. I think definitely. Yeah. They, that uh, contract extension was big. When I talked to him in New York, um, up in New York, he said that, uh, you know, that every house he was going into, they were saying, well, are you going to be around? You know, we don't right. want to go there and you re- retire at the end of next season. So, um, you know, he made it very clear that he has no intention of retiring anytime soon. And the university put the money behind him uh, to keep him. So for the next four years. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of positive things. And, you know, there was so much negativity around this program before the season and at the end of last season. And a lot of people wanted Coach Al fired. Um, and now I'm not really hearing from any of those people yeah. anymore. Yeah, a run this year would certainly help. They're going to be in for a little bit of a rebuild, it looks like, next year. Although with the transfer market the way it is, it's, it's a lot easier to, to rebuild quickly. Um, before we dive into previewing this tournament, I guess, you, like you said, you were up in Brooklyn for the uh, ACC tournament. Um, Miami wins one there, then takes Duke to the wire uh, before going down. The win, um, just getting one win sort of kind of felt like it took them off the bubble. We'll talk a little about the seating and all that kind of stuff in a second here, but um, what, what stood out from you about the tournament? I, I mean, I think for a lot of people, the way they, they put, hung with Duke again, where, you know, not yeah, that mean, Duke were, is a powerhouse, like they're a powerhouse, but not like they're a one seed. Um, you know, the, the way they were able to hang with them, I think is, is a pretty good sign as, as we go into March here and they could potentially be running to number two seed at Auburn in a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the way they beat Syracuse, you know, again, they've just shown a lot of resiliency. This team You know, the Syracuse game was, I don't know, the first half was a little bit uninspired, wasn't that exciting. All of a sudden, you know, they just find a way. They find a way to get back into games. They go down by eight or nine or 10 or 18, whatever, during the season against Syracuse. Yeah. They always seem to find a way to battle back, to come back. And they really have several guys who are just so good. They're not relying on one one person. So Isaiah Wong, you know, didn't have a great game. But somebody else has a great game. Jordan Miller has turned out yeah. to really be Jordan Miller. No one really knew. Oh, yeah, they got some kid from George Mason. Uh, you know, nobody really knew much about him. Um, Coach L said the other day that he's the best offensive rebounder he's ever coached. And he's been coaching for four decades. And he yeah. said, I have never seen a better offensive rebounder than him. And the way he just turns offensive rebounds into points is a real skill that that he brings the team. And then, you know. Uh, Charlie Moore is a, is a vast improvement over Chris likes at point guard. He really is. I mean, he makes everybody else better. He makes terrific passes. He never gets rattled. You know, he can score if he wants to, but he doesn't have to, he can just help the other guys score. And, um, you know, the team has really come together and they've been healthy. That's the other thing. Yeah. That's the biggest last year. They only had six players in some games. They actually started one game. I think a walk-on started, you know, They've been healthy all season. Um, you know, they, they've really just completely turned things around completely from yeah. last year where we were at this point. Yeah. 
Um, so against Miami, like we said there, there was some of the, there was a lot of talk of Miami was on the bubble going into selection Sunday. That all, that did not turn out to be the case, which I, I didn't think was going to be the case. Um, Miami gets a 10 seed, which is, you know, pretty comfortably in, I don't know what number 10 seed they were, but you know, their 12 was the play in line. So pretty comfortably in, um, what was Miami's reaction to the matchup, to the, the seeding they got, you know, they, they obviously were a top four team in the ACC and usually that gets you better than, than the 10, but it seems like, you know, I mean, that's where most of the bracketology kind of had it. Just, this was a down ACC. Um, how was, what was Miami's reaction uh, to where they are set up here in this bracket? Yeah, they, they really, truly, they were just so happy to be yeah. in, you know, they were not at all concerned about the, about the seedings. They, they just wanted to be in, they were just relieved, you know, it, 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 it was toward the end of the show before their name was called. And they, you know, they all said that they, they all kind of thought they were in and they assumed they were in, but until they saw their name up there on the screen, they were not, you know, really comfortable and, and relaxed. Once they saw their name, you know, they just, we're so excited to be in. Um, they're happy to be in Greenville, which isn't that far. Yeah. Also, they, they're happy to play Friday, they said, because they get one extra day to prepare. So they thought that was good. Um, USC, you know, a lot of people are picking Miami over USC. They know the coach very, very well. The UM coaching staff knows, uh, knows him very well because he was at FSU and he was at Florida Gulf Coast. So this is a coach and a system that they're very, very familiar with. Um, so I think the coaching staff is pretty satisfied with having that be their first game. Um, so yeah, there were, there were no complaints at all about the seating. They were, they were just happy to be in and, and coach L has been around so long that he told them all and explained to them that, you know, the seatings really don't matter at all. It's everybody's zero, zero at this point, as the coaches like to say. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be, it'll definitely be uh, in that early session. It'll, be pretty Auburn heavy. Um, and if Miami gets to that second round, there's, I think it's going to be a pretty hostile environment because these Auburn fans are fired up about this team. But yeah, I mean, like you said, not too far from Miami, you know, there'll be some fans there, um, especially, you know, it's ACC country um, and then USC coming all the way across the country. I mean, that's a, a pretty good situation to be in, uh, in a seven, 10 game. If you are Miami, um, what, what do you think of this matchup? Have you, how much have you been able to, or how much were they talking about them? Like, I don't know. Who all I know about, them about is, here. Yeah. yeah. All I really know about USC is what they were talking about. What coach yeah. L told us about last night, that they're, they're very big. They're, yeah. They are definitely bigger than Miami. Miami is an undersized team. They've been undersized all year. That is definitely an issue with them. Every time, if they have some guys, you know, in the paint who are dominant, who are big and strong, Miami really doesn't have anybody. Um, you know, Sam Wardenberg does everything he can, but he weighs 212 <laughs> yeah. pounds. I think he's going up against guys that are 250 or 245, 250. So, you know, they said that they're big, they play multiple defenses. Um, but, you know, I think Miami, Miami has the athleticism and Miami has the, the poise. I don't know about the age of the guys on USC, but the Miami team is just so old and so veteran and so, you know, experienced that to me, that's really what carried them to this point mm-hmm. they, with four six year seniors and guys who have just been around a long time. They don't, they don't seem to get rattled by anything. So I think they're going to be pretty prepared, you know, up in Brooklyn, they played against Duke 
And there were, I would say 95% of the Barclay Center was Duke. It was so loud. It was so Duke. It was so blue. Miami had a very, very small smattering of fans. So yeah. they will be used to playing in a, you know, in a big giant tournament environment uh, where the other, you know, team may have the home crowd. Um, I don't think that that's going to, I don't think that that'll affect them at all. Yeah. USC, a, a pretty veteran team. I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm looking at like the ages for their, like the grades for their top guys. It's so hard to know, like, what does a yeah. junior mean now? But, you know, their their three best players are upperclassmen. Uh, best okay. guy is, is Isaiah Mobley, um, 6'10", power forward, average brother younger brother of or older brother brother of evan mobley who's now on the Cavs and like gonna maybe win rookie of the year obviously uh-huh. took usc in a long run last year uh so that's gonna be the challenge like you said it's gonna be really a clash of styles i mean their best guy is 6 10 14 and 9 basically three assists like does does everything for them from that power forward spot um and you know that's uh a matchup that I'm sure Sam Wardenberg is going to get that first assignment on him. Um, you'll probably see Jordan Miller guard him. I would, I would think a little bit too. He's got the length to guard uh, those bigger guys. Um, but yeah, it's going to be about if, if Miami gets killed on the glass, it's going to be hard to win. It's going to be about um, turnovers. Yeah. They, they really, but, they'll, have they'll, but just... they'll, yeah, they, they'll press a little bit. They'll, they'll shoot a ton of threes. Got to hit shots is the cliche. And Definitely is true for this Miami team. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cl- definitely going to be a classroom styles, I think. Yeah, they have to make up for the lack of size with the scramble defense and, the you know, forcing. They want to force a lot of turnovers. They want to take care of the ball, which they've done. And most of the big wins that they've had, they have very few turnovers. I think they're ranked eighth in the country, Miami, in, mm-hmm. you know, fewest turnovers. Um, and they force a lot of turnovers. So, you know, they they don't have big bodies to go up against anybody big on that team. So they're going to have to find other ways to neutralize that. Yeah. It's going it, to, what's interesting to me is how many people are picking Miami in this game. And I think probably that USC coming from the West coast probably plays into it a little bit. It's not, um, you know, if I'm a USC fan, first of all, if I'm a USC fan, I'm a little annoyed that they're a seven seed when they finish. Yeah. They're a seven, the, when they yeah. finish third in the, the pack 12, like I'm sure they're Miami fans annoyed that they're the uh, 10 seed when they finish fourth, fourth in the ACC. Um, but yeah, that's it's a tough situation where they're going to be coming from the West Coast. I think the dip, you know, USC at one point was like number five in the. I don't know what they got up to. They were a, a single digit. They started, I think, thirteen and zero, um, and since then have just not been that good. They've been like a pretty middling, mediocre, um, you know, border like the the thirteen zero start is the reason they're solidly in the tournament if, if you just throw right. out those 13 games they're probably they not collected the yeah they collected yeah. wins at the beginning it's one of the teams that yeah yeah who's so strong they, at the end versus who's strong at the beginning that yeah. whole thing so i think that's a lot of the the reason for optimism around miami um in this game um again usc probably had you know mobley is the best nba prospect on the floor i don't know if that necessarily means he's the best player on the floor um mm-hmm. although it's he's definitely yeah like you were saying with miami who's even miami's best player like the the Wong, McGusty, uh, Mobley in some order are probably the three best guys on the floor, but on any given night, any one of those three, or even like you said, Charlie Moore could, could easily be the best guy on the court. So I think it's going yeah, to depends how you define best because yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah and Cam are the same guys who were here the last few years, but they didn't have the help yeah. that they get from Charlie Moore, the passes they get right. from him and the same with Jordan Miller. I mean, that pass on the Syracuse, 
on the final, you know, the final basket against Syracuse, I mean, against uh, Boston, yeah, Boston College, College. Yeah. Against Boston College. Um, you know, that was just a perfect pass. Yeah, I mean, that's just the play they don't, they don't make for I the last, like, made five it. years. Like, it's just not yeah. a play that, you know, Chris Likes wouldn't done it. Um, you know, even uh, like Jaquan Newton. Like, it's just not – it wasn't like what their skill set was. No, haven't no, had a guy he's like just that. that guy. Just he's almost like a quarterback who just puts the he just puts the ball right where it needs to be so many times, and that helps all the all the other guys have better stats because of him. You know, so um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. They're really excited, but they're not. You know, they all say that they're not done. They're not done. Yeah. They're not done. They're not going there to lose the first game. You know. Yeah, I'll say. Um, not only are a lot of people picking Miami to beat USC, I have seen. Quite a few, I think Pat for like I was looking through Sports Illustrated, just they have like all their writers, uh, you know, we're just uh-huh. looking at brackets today. And like a lot of people had Miami beating Auburn um, in that next round, which, um, you know, that's going to be tough because I don't know who on Miami guards uh, uh, Jabari Smith, who is like maybe the best player in the country, um, uh-huh. but and is like 6'10 and looks like. Kevin Durant and my and Miami just does not have anyone like designed to guard a guy like that. Other than again, I think Jordan Miller can, can hold his own against some of those bigger guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, people believe in this Miami team. Again, I think they're not seated highly, but people still respect the ACC. You know, and like, they respect no, Jim Laranega. A yeah. lot of people, you know, you always hear people mention that Jim Laranega is a very good tournament coach and look what he did with George Mason. And, He's a guy that just all the the all the uh, pundits they seem to love Coach L. You know they really respect him, his longevity, and what he's done with teams that you know taking Miami to two Sweet Sixteens and taking George Mason to the Final Four. I think he has a you know he has a good reputation yeah. in the tournament uh, when he has a decent team and when he has a good point guard and veterans. And you know every time that he's had a really good point guard and veterans on the team they've done they've done well whether it was at george mason or miami so this team definitely fits that bill he's got a point guard he said the other day in brooklyn that having charlie moore on the team just makes his life so much more enjoyable because he's not as worried about the decisions that his point guard is going to make because he really really trusts charlie moore with his decision making and that's really really big in tournaments like this so um you know i think they have the poise the experience and the point guard and the coach, uh, you know, to, to do something. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they can go out and lose. You don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really a situation where I think it's like, do you, how much do you believe in, in going with the team that's been playing well lately? Because I, you know, Mm -hmm. I talked about USC who is now, um, one in three in their last four. And like I said, since they went 13 and oh, at the start of the year, have been like a sort like above 500, but not like overwhelmingly. So, and even Auburn, who, you know, is a two seed, um, has been one of the best teams in the country all year long, got up to number one uh, at 22 and one. And since then, they are five and four. So it's like, you know, they both both teams have like peaked early, whatever that right. like. How much does that matter? Obviously, you, you can get back on track very easily. And again, um, you know, Auburn has the recipe to win when you have a guy like Jamari Smith, who can single-handedly take you to a final four. Um, but Miami, um, 
I mean, honestly, kind of even Miami probably peaked uh, a month ago or whatever and has been. Yeah, they had a couple losses. They yeah. had, you know, the Virginia so, Tech, whatever. But, but so none of these teams feel invincible. Obviously, you would never expect the seven seed to feel invincible, but um, it's, a, it's a pretty nice little bracket to be in. Um, and you look at the rest of that little sub-regional, um, you know, Wisconsin is, is obviously very good, but LSU, the six seed there, just fired their coach a couple of days right. ago. So. Right. You know, odds are that Miami's not going to end up playing LSU in this tournament, but it's not like a murderer's row little sub-regional. Like, you can sometimes wind in on, uh, wind up in as the 10 seed when you look, and maybe you have the fifth best team in the country there with you. Like, if, if Miami was looking at Kentucky in the, in the second round, I probably would not feel quite as uh, optimistic about this weekend for the Canes. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they're, they're in pretty good shape. There's, there's reason for optimism. Um, but like you said, take it one game at a time, but that, that second game, that Sunday potential matchup with Auburn would be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, let's pivot over to the women uh, and they're in that eight, nine matchup. And as I mentioned at the top, the, the fun thing about that is uh, you get a swing potentially uh, again, got to beat USF on, on Friday, but you get to take a shot at South Carolina on their home court in the second round. Um, obviously, you know, the women's tournament is designed um, whether intentionally or not to make it tough to, for, for the top seeds to go down early. Um, yeah. Part of that is, you know, you, you obviously there's more parity in women's, much more parity in women's basketball now than there was even five years ago, probably. Um, what what stands out to you about that? And do you, do you get the sense that Miami is is excited about that chance to to take a? They are. At, I mean, it, that's at, pretty at daunting, though. It's pretty yeah, daunting it that your second game would be against the number one overall seed on their home floor. Yeah. You know, and like it's, it's not, not just like a random number one over. Like this is the team that has been like the team in college basketball for the last. Like, this five is years. the team all season, South Carolina, and to play there in Columbia on their home floor with their logo all over the building and stuff. All their fans will be there. Um, yeah. I mean that obviously it's a huge high profile game. It'll be the big game on national TV that day for the women and on ESPN, you know, whatever, um, you know, it's a huge opportunity. It's also a really difficult, it's, it's a really difficult uh, matchup to think about, but um, the way Katie said is that, you know, the ACC, uh, the ACC had eight or nine teams get in and the ACC, they, you know, they played, she said, look, we've already played number one seeds. We played NC state and we played Louisville. And both of yeah. those are, are, you know, um, 
I think they're both, let's see, NC State. You know, those are both, Louisville's a number one seed. Yeah, NC State's a, one uh, seed, NC State's a number yeah. one seed. So she said, you know, we've already played those in our conference. They're, and she, that's what she told her players. She said, keep in mind that you've already played two number one seeds within our conference. And, you know, they beat Louisville in that, you know, exciting game um, with, with Destiny Harden going off for 15 points at the end of the game by herself, and, you know, buzzer beater. So they've beaten two number one seeds, and this would be the third one that they'd be playing. So she said, in a way, they got great experience playing those teams. And yes, this one will be on the home floor, but she said it won't be that different from playing an ACC number one seed, you know, in the ACC tournament. So she, you know, Katie felt pretty good that her team has gotten experience against really good teams. Uh, The USF team, one thing that's interesting is that their coach is from Miami. Um, their coach is, uh, Jose Fernandez, who, um, is an FIU alum, a Miami Cuban American guy who was a men's coach at Miami Dade college at sunset high school at Barry university. And he switched to women's and coached at Lords. He coached the Lords Academy girls and ended up in women's coaching and has been at USF for 10 years. Um, but he's mm-hmm. a Miami guy. The U.S. 20 years, 20 years been USF. Is it 20 years? 20 years. 20 years at USF. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Okay. Yeah. 20 years at USF. Um, he's very uh, familiar to Katie Meyer and her staff. She said they usually scrimmage them by chance. They did not this year, um, but almost every year they scrimmage USF in mm-hmm. the preseason. The two staffs know each other well, and he's a Miami guy. So he loves to come and bring his team to Miami. So there's some fam- familiarity there in that first game. Um, you know, they're 24 and six, I think. Or whatever. Yeah, they're always like top of the American, basically, or whatever. I guess they were in the Big East for a long time, probably with Syracuse, but or with yeah. Miami, I mean. But yeah, they, they've been way up. You know, they're 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 a perennial tournament team, basically, which yeah, is kind of more than Miami team. can say lately, but still. Yeah, yeah. Now the guy is the guy's well respected and. Um, like I said, he has a lot of Miami ties. So the, the staff knows him well. He knows them well also. So uh, I don't think there are going to be any surprises for either team in that game. I think both of those coaches and their staffs keep up with the other program pretty well. They were both in the Bahamas tournament together um, in this year. So, um, you know, that should be interesting. Just kind of a South Florida UM type matchup. And then the winner gets... South Carolina at South Carolina. That's going to be, that's going to be big. That's going to be big, but yeah, it's exciting. I mentioned earlier, Katie was saying just the run that they made in the ACC tournament, making their first ever championship game. um, It's already paying dividends. She said on the recruiting trail that, that, you know, she doesn't have to ask the players. Have you seen us play? Everybody watched that and everybody saw it and saw replays of destiny Harden and this and that. And uh, it showed a lot of sort of the spirit of the team. So, um, you know, she's, she's very excited. It would be really nice. The women's team has not done well in the tournament. Traditional no, never been Katie to Myers, the 16. Yeah. Katie Meyer is a very well-respected coach. Everyone loves her. She's a great ambassador for the university and, and, you know, it would just mean so much to her and for the program to, to take that next step this time. Yeah. I mean, obviously no, no need to say a win against South Carolina would be the oh. biggest, by far the biggest in program history. Um, yes, it's the one, you know, it's the one thing missing from her record, from her resume, basically, um, is, yeah. is just not, you know, the, she's the winningest coach in, in school history, um, basketball coach of any kind. She set that record 
uh, in the first game of the season. She has, you know, turned Miami into a, until the last couple of years were a perennial tournament team. And, you know, occasionally got to host, um, you know, got to host first round, second round matchups, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough ask this, you know, no one's going to falter this year, obviously if she doesn't get out of the, the first weekend, but um, uh, you know, it's the flip side of what we were saying with, with the men, the, this, the bracket they're in where all these teams feel like they kind of peaked a month ago or longer. Um, the Miami women are, peaking at the right time certainly they are obviously they they are. lost to nc state uh the other day but um you know they but other are than that, they've won until, eight of nine until yeah. they got up to until they went to uh the acc tournament like they were we talked about miami were they actually a bubble team the miami women were about you know if they lose that first game uh in the acc tournament there's not a guarantee that they're getting in obviously they win three in a row including uh win against louisville win against uh top 25 notre dame team notre like they're raised they their resume was pretty good. They had some some top twenty five wins uh, before the weekend, but they like I think they doubled their number of top yeah because they'd beaten Georgia Tech twice. They mm-hmm. doubled they doubled their number of top twenty five wins in a two day stretch and yeah went yeah. from a bubble team to an eight seed and um, you know a team that obviously you know South Carolina is going to feel confident about it against anyone, but they know Miami's got talent. They know they're playing well and. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna pick them to go out of the get out of the first weekend because of the draw, but it would, I don't think it would be a surprise because they've been playing really well lately. Yeah, no, no, they have. They definitely are picking at the right time, and you know, I think they've won eight of the last nine. So they, you know, and their loss was to NC State, a number one seed. So um, yeah, there's a lot for Katie Meyer and her and her her team to be excited about. Really, both teams, the men and the women. This is honestly the most. Excitement, most energy, most page views that I'm getting on these teams <laughs> in a while from a selfish standpoint. People are interested. People really are interested in these two teams. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, like we said, the, the last time these, these, I guess the last time the both teams made the tournament was 2018, right? When uh, the men were, what were they, a, like a five seed? They, yeah, they lost they Loyola. Five. Yeah. Um, the women were, uh, I think, a top. Yeah, they're, they're always for that run there. They were always kind of a top five, six seed. So, you know, they've had better teams lately, although it's not so recent anymore. But I, I think the fact that both these teams, you know, you go back to um, December 1st with these teams where the men kind of got beat up on in, in Disney World. Um, yes. And the women, where, where was their tournament? Again? They got, I mean, they played a really tough tournament there. In and, the Bahamas. Right. They were in the Bahamas with Indiana and Maryland and really got beat up. Um, but against, a, you know, really, like I said, two top 10 teams at the time. Um, so you go back to December 1st, and I, I don't think a lot of people were maybe thought either of these teams were going to be in the tournament, but, but they turned it around. Uh, the men really started in um, December when they went up, started that winning streak that, that took them, uh, you know, up to that, that upset win against Duke. Uh, and then the women took home a little bit, you know, they were really, you know, start of February, they were not, I don't think really on anyone's radar. And then, like you said, they got hot, I think one out of eight out of 10 down the stretch right? Um, with, with a bunch of ranked wins. So um, both yeah, they're teams- one of only 24, Miami is one of 24 teams in the country that has the men and the women in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah. and it's a, a and it's not just, to be in. Yeah. And it's not, like I said, not just a turnaround from where they were last year, a turnaround from where the season started. Like both these teams um, really, really came out of nowhere. And 
made it a, a pretty fun winter to follow basketball in Miami. Um, the women, I, you know, you look at some of their young players and they have a chance to be, you know, it seems like they're back on track. The men are, like I said, going to be in for a little bit of a rebuild after this year. So it would be, it would be nice to see them uh, get on a little run. Yeah, they have here. a lot of twenty-four-year-olds on this yeah. team. They're not. They're not going to be back next year. Yeah, so this is their chance. This is run. their chance. But you know that veteran stuff definitely helps in the NCAA tournament. So uh, you know, hopefully we get we get more than one day out of this. Um, you will be up in Greenville, South Carolina. I always get Greenville South and North Carolina mixed up. But you'll <laughs> be up in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, for the men's game on uh, Friday. Uh, Hopefully we will also have there. some, yeah, we're going to have, we'll have coverage from the women's we'll game have coverage too. from the women's game as well. We and then not, usually we were not quite able to make the, do the double dip there with those. Now, games. if it had uh, been a morning and a night game, I could have pulled it, but yeah. 1130 and three o'clock, that doesn't That's work. Tricky. I, I, I am wondering how many Miami fans are going to do that, that double dip. Um, yeah, that if very you doable, just, very doable. If all you had to do is jump in the car at what, you know, the game's 1130 to 130, the women jump in the car and go an hour and a half, you get there right at tip off. Uh, if I didn't have to do interviews and write and everything, you know, but if you're just a fan and you want to go from one to the other or the school officials or whatever, that's, that's definitely doable. Yeah. It's so, doable. so hopefully you'll get, a, you'll get a couple uh, nights up there in, in North Carolina and, and maybe South Carolina if, if uh, the men lose and the women win. Um, but either way, um, good to have March Madness relevant in South Florida. Again, yes. it is my favorite time of the year by far. <laughs> um, and I'm very excited to sit on my couch for approximately like <laughs> 72 straight hours to watch basketball this weekend. Yes. The first weekend is so awesome too. It's, you know, you see all these teams, you know, you've never seen these players play and you're trying to figure out what's the name of their mascot. And, and there's always, there's just always so much fun though. You know, there's, I love the first weekend. It's uh, it's just fabulous. Yeah. Before before I let you go, do you have a national championship pick and and, and a final four? Oh, let me see. Well, you know, I mean, I know that Gonzaga is just such a boring. I know. It's just such a boring pick, but I really I really do think that they're the best team. I mean, I just do. I I don't there was a while like w- when Calipari first got to Kentucky that I just picked Kentucky every year until they finally won. Cause I knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh-huh. And I kind of feel that way with Gonzaga right now. It's going to happen eventually. If you pick them every year, you're going to be right eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're just, they're, they're so good. And you know, they've got the players. They, I don't know. I just, I don't see, you know, you never know, obviously you never know, but I mean, Duke beat them, but that was really early on. A lot has changed since then. Duke play. I know because my daughter goes to Duke and the Duke team, I think they're under a lot of pressure to, to win for coach K the whole coach K mania has gotten in their heads. And uh, there's just so much pressure. Like we can't lose this because the, the the next game they lose is his last game ever. Yeah. After 42 years, when he walks off the court, that's the last time he ever walks off a court. So that's a lot of pressure for a team that, you know, starts to 18 year olds. So, um, you know, I, I, I see Gonzaga as still the, the strong favorite and on the women's side. I mean, it's just so boring to say that South Carolina, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really boring. Those are two very boring picks. Should I go out on a limb a little bit? Should I say, I haven't, um, I haven't dove into the women's. I was doing my men's this morning. I haven't dove into the women's as much. Yeah. Dive into the, into I'm the nitty gritty. Yeah. 
the nitty gritty, but on the men's side, I mean, do you see anyone else? That, I mean, that I'm picking Duke as an emotional hedge as a, uh, as a, a king of the coach K haters club. Um, so I, I'm picking Duke as an emotional hedge here as a childhood Maryland fan who really would, uh, uh, not be happy to see Coach K go out on top. So I'm, I'm picking Duke. Um, oh, but it's Coach it K. Come on. He's a legend. Uh, I do yeah. like Arizona too, though. Um, okay. I, 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 I mean, for like the poeticism of the final Coach K game, wouldn't Duke Arizona uh, redux of what was that? 99 or 2000 national championship. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. Kind of fitting. Um, and I, I like, I, I've always liked Arizona. Like, as kind of a West coast, you know, like just as they're the ones who seem to come through the most of the West coast. Teams, it's been a long you know, time like- because the Sean Miller era, that was like the, the thing against him was he never uh, made a final four. Um, but I like seeing Arizona it'd been, a, you know, they had been really in a tough spot basically with some of the like sanctions and all that. Kind right, of stuff. right, right. Um, it's, it's fun to see them back. Uh, although Arizona Gonzaga would be very fun because uh, Arizona's coach is former Mark view assistant. So, right. Um, it's, you know, uh, again, I, I, I just said I'm a, like a Coach K Duke hater, um, but it's fun to see some of the blue bloods like really good again. Like Kentucky had been Duke, down. For Duke a is of really years. look. I mean, I I've seen them up close a few times now. Those guys when they're on. I Paulo mean, is is tough. I stood like next going. to Paulo. I stood next to him in Brooklyn. I was literally standing right next to him in the tunnel. He is so much bigger in person, wider, broader. Than I even than when you see him on TV, his shoulders are enormous. I mean, he's just a gigantic human, um, and he and he can do so much, you know. And Mark Williams, I mean, when he gets hot, and then if any other, you know, if 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 Roach gets hot, if you know starts hitting threes, or you know AJ Griffin, I mean, they they have so many good players on that team. They they literally have four NBA players on their starting roster. They have four NBA players on their starting roster. So. You know, they have the they have the athleticism and the capability to beat everybody. There's yeah. no question. Um, I it's just a question of will they be motivated or freaked out by the whole coach K yeah. thing? Because, yep, yep. because it's big. I can tell you, even in Brooklyn, every step Coach K took, there were like 20 cameras following him, going on the court, going off the court, everything he did. Um, there's just so much attention on Coach K, and he's trying now to deflect it. Yeah. Every question that was about him in the press conference, he said, I'm going to answer that. I don't want the players to talk about me. This is about them. This is about the players. I've been here before for some of these guys. This is their first time. Please focus on them. Please don't focus on me. But, you know, he's been there 42 years and he's a legend and the focus is on him. All right. I think we can finish things up there uh, for my women uh, out on a limb. I have not been impressed with them this year, but I'll, I'll say uh, Maryland, my, 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 my squad. Okay. Um, they've, they've been uh, last year was their year for whatever reason is not clicked this year, but they're a four seed and they've got uh, Ashley Awusu is one of the most fun players in the country to watch. I'm really like James Harden kind of. Um, okay. So, um, but yeah, South so Carolina, the one Maryland. seeds are good. The one seeds are good. And like always in women, you know, they're, you don't, you get way more one seeds winning in the women's tournament than you do in the men. So right. um, I think it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's fine to go chalk on the women's side. Um, but let's finish things up there. Uh, you can follow Michelle on Twitter at cough sports. That's with one F K a U F sports. Uh, she will be up in North Carolina and no, South Carolina, South Carolina, right. South Carolina. You'll be in South Carolina the whole time. Cause even if the, uh, 
Greenville or Columbia or yeah, even if the men go down and the women win, you'll, you'll, you'll be spending the whole weekend up in South Carolina. Um, so be sure to follow her there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> except not, not doing a whole lot of Miami basketball. Um, I'm going to selfishly just enjoy watching a lot of games over the weekend That's and, fun. and tweet about it probably. So, uh, yes. if, if you want my college basketball takes, uh, I'm ready to dive back in. Um, but thanks as always for listening and we will talk to you guys later.